if you're, if you're new, uh, hopefully you met some people there. I'm Matt Carlson. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, last Sunday, um, so last Sunday, Paul preached, and it was great. And, uh, and then there was, and then we go into worship, like we'll do today at the end of service. And we start singing and worshiping. And I walk over. I'm sitting over here with a friend, Matt Kruger. He and I were sitting there, just two dudes sitting there. And, uh, and then we started doing worship. And, I, and my kids were sitting over here. And I said, I'm going to go sit by my kids. My, my wife uh, had a training. She's a therapist and a counselor and had a training all day Sunday. So she wasn't here. So I walk over to my kiditos and... Start singing, which is never pretty, but I, I'm singing and, uh, and worshiping, and all of a sudden, I am surprised, I, I am surprised by my emotion, and I start crying, and like, not ugly cry, but still like tears, and I'm there, and, I, and I'm like, what? And, and then I realized what's going on. That my, it was my son. My, so my kids are over there, and Mel's over there now today. My son's not there. My son graduated high school last year. This Thursday, we sent him off. Uh, he's spending three and a half months traveling through Europe. And then he's going to be gone more after that. So it was like the last Sunday uh, with my son worshiping before he leaves. And, and I get this picture of him when he was in the nursery, like eight years, eight months old in this church. And I remember his like, we have this picture and he's smiling and he's a baby and you pick him up. And then my son's leaving and I, weeping is too strong of a word, but it's like in worship last week, God unlock this emotional chamber and I had yet to really expressively mourn my sadness as a father of my son going out and of course there's deep excitement in that and I'm proud of him but our series is wholehearted and Paul had spent time talking and walking through this idea of like don't let your Doing for God outpace your being with God. And, and, and we've used a line around here that we didn't create, but this sometimes we need to slow down to catch up with God. And, and maybe Sunday morning when we gather, we gather around communion and, and the gospel and life in Christ, let us, Lord... We come not to hide, we, we come not to deflect, we come to lean into what is going on in our lives and invite you into it. And maybe in worship or in the scriptures that God will speak in and shine light and maybe even release things in you and in us that need to come out. Healing, integration, wholehearted, wholehearted, all right? So this morning, as we get started, God, we just open up. Uh, let, in fact, let me, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray. 
I'm going to ask you to do what oftentimes is really good to do, to just take a deep breath. To be right here right now. I wish you were a little kid and you could be in cheering instead of sitting quiet. No way, Father, we thank you for kids having fun and yelling and laughing and enjoying. Father, we thank you for, for the gathering of your church, all of us coming together here to take some time set aside the first day of the week, God, to look to you, to remember you, to honor you. Spirit of God, we do not come to just rush through a service. We do not come to do our thing, come to orient ourselves upon you, within you. So Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Speak to us and give us a nourishment uh, that we need, maybe the correction we open our ears to you. We open our minds to you. Help us be thoughtful and intentional, analytical. We open our hearts to you. God, our feelings and our emotions, chambers that we don't even understand. God, we invite you in, unlock, expose, bring your light. Welcome. Speak to us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, we are humans. And what does that mean? And what, what, what does the scripture speak to us about that? What's it, what's it mean to be a human being, humanity, a person. So often we get taught, caught in the details and we forget the bigger story. So often we get caught in the details of our life. Man, I'm struggling in my marriage. God, help me with my marriage. We, we get caught in the details. God, I hate my job. Could you, could you help fix my job? We get caught in the details. God, I am so anxious about life and so unsettled. Please bring peace. Give me peace. And we have these problems. We have these details that we're walking through, and we get stuck in those small pictures. Not that they're not real, but they're just smaller. And sometimes what we need to do is like, you know how you zoom out on, the, on a picture or something? Zoom out and get the bigger framework, the bigger story the bigger story about the situations in our lives. One of my favorite verses, Paul, you read in communion, you, you read that verse that the Lutheran pastor gave you. This scripture this morning, that grab your Bible if, or pull out your phone, the scripture that, I'm gonna, that we're gonna push into this morning and that we're gonna launch out of comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter five. 
It is one of my all-time favorite sections in the Bible and, and scriptures and few words. So Lord, when you talk about the bigger story and what's going on, what does 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 19 speak to us? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What, what word is used like over and over and over in that? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. In Jesus, you are a new creation. And God is reconciling us to himself. And he is reconciling the world to himself. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does this mean? Like, and how does this play out? I'm going to, a lot of the content I'm going to share this morning and, and kind of from moving here forward is from a book called How People Grow by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. It, it, it is a great book. That, it's kind of a challenging book and it'll get in your face a little bit. But if you're trying to say, what is a good framework and picture for God's redemption and the bigger picture and how it works out in some of the problems and details in our life. This book really gets into it and it's challenging. So if you want to go further, yeah, take a picture and get this book. But a lot of uh, what I'm going to share from here forward comes out of the first couple chapters of this book. Really, we're answering the three main questions of a bigger story. One, how was life designed to be lived as a human how was life designed to be lived what happened in the fall the fall is the word that when Paul's appearance says listen we, we are we we have sinned and, and that we have we have broke we have broken relationship with God in the Bible if you're new to the Bible or new to understand this it's called the fall like humanity fell from God's design so what happened in the fall and then what is redemption and what does it do? Another word for that is what is reconciliation? And what does it do? So those are three questions we're going to push into. The first, the first is how was life designed to, to be lived? In this, we turn to the book of Genesis. I'm not going to read specific verses, but the first couple chapters in Genesis talk about God creating the world and, and how life was designed to be lived. The, the first thing that we recognize is God is the source. He is the creator. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was God, that he is the source. Number two, that relationships are primary. That we're created for relationship with God and with one another. It is not good for man to be alone. Alone. It's not good for humanity, for people to be alone. And we are created for relationship with one another and relationship with God. 
someone should probably like make a saying, something like building authentic relationship with God and one another. We'll talk about that another time, but okay. God is the source. Humanity's created for relationship. And God is the boss. He is the authority. We do not tell God. Humanity does not tell God how to live. He tells us. God doesn't come and say, hey, should I make gravity? Do you want to float around or do you want to be more? What do you have a committee? <clears throat> you know, talk about it, vote. No. <clears throat> God makes the rules. We follow them. He is the authority. We live in his authority. So how was life designed to be lived? There's a roles. Gosh. I was like set up to look good and be like, yeah. And then I dropped it. Paul, this is like a th <laughs> Thanks for the slobber left of your water. <laughs> I have my own over here, dude. Uh, roles of God, roles of people. <laughs> Just roll on with it. Just rolling with it, right? Roles of God, roles of people. This is, uh, I really want you to take a picture of this on your phone. That when God creates the world, that, that there's certain roles that, that says, listen, God is the source. We are created to depend on God. That he is the creator that we are the creation. We do not exist unto ourselves. I don't care how hard you've worked. You did not, you're not a self-made person. Now, you may be a great discipline and hard work, but you don't create your eyes to see. You're not processing the oxygen. You're not like, let me, let me have my body digest this food. I just, like, God has given us so much. God controls the world. God controls the world, and he creates what, it, what he creates in humanity, that we control ourselves. He controls the world, and we have control of ourselves. We see this all in Genesis, that God is the judge of life. Our role is to experience life. That God designs life and its rules. We are to obey the rules and live the life that God designed. He is God. We are humanity. He is creator. We are created. And this is set so firmly in Genesis. And in this, you see that they have, that humanity, Adam and Eve, have like what so many of us long for. They have a great place to live. They have a great mate, a great spouse that they're, they're so deeply connected with. They have a great job and purpose do, doing what they're doing and, and a lot of things to occupy their time. Like that is what most people would say, that is a really fulfilling, satisfying life. And they walk with the Lord their God. But things don't stay this way. 
and humanity, God gives humanity the, the freedom of choice and they, God says, I make the rules, you obey, here's what, you can do all of this, don't do that. And they say, hey, maybe we should go do that. Maybe we should go outside this created order and roles. Humanity goes on a path different than they were designed. And this is called the fall. They sin. They go against God's design and they sin. And it changes. It bends. It curves. And suddenly, these roles and this order gets flipped. And what we have then is this. Suddenly, we start to think humanity says, hey, we are the source. So we need to depend on ourselves. Who's going to take care of us? We got to take care of ourselves. Hey, we are the creator. We exist unto ourselves. We start to think we have control of the world. And, and so that we try to control our world and we control, try and control each other. And in it, we lose control of ourselves. There's a line in that book that Henry Cloud says, said so many, he, and this guy's a counselor, sees countless people, he said so many of people's problems in life come because they try and control things they were never meant or never created to control, and in trying to control what you weren't created to control, you lose control of the one thing you were created to control, which is yourself. What, what, a fruit of the Spirit for those of us who know the Bible fairly well, a, a, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And that's not just, oh, Lord, I shouldn't have another cheeseburger. Okay, I've got the strength to not have another one of those awesome pieces of cheesecake out in the lobby. Like, we, we, we minimize self-control when we talk about that. Self-control, the ability to have control of ourself and respond to situations and circumstances and anxieties and other people's expectations and dysfunctional family systems and work environments. Lord, may we be a people of self-control of how we show up, of how we respond. And when we try and control things that we're not meant to control, we lose control of ourselves. We can't even control how we show up in situations. We become the judge. We judge ourselves and one another and cease to experience ourselves or one another. We, we become judgmental and condemning of other people and then we do it on ourselves and we feel ashamed and, and such a deep criticism of ourselves and our own brokenness. As we try and judge, like, like we have some standard that we live up to and we expect other people to live up to. And we design life in the rules. We say, hey, God, we're going to do this on our terms. We'll tell you what is right and what is wrong. We can live any way we want. And if my desires say this, I can do this. If my, my desires say that, I can do that. I can do anything I want. I'm the source. I'm the authority. I'm the judge. And how's that work out? How's that work out? So 
So Paul leads us in communion this morning and says, man, this is the centerpiece of why we come together every week because we remember that God designed life to be lived one way. We fell from that. And we have gone astray and gone our own way. And thanks be to God for Jesus coming and offering forgiveness and new life and redeeming and reconciling us. So, so what does redemption, what is reconciliation, what does it actually do? What does it do? In, in it, we, we, we go back. We, we go back to how it was originally created. We return to God as the source. We recognize that relationship is central and our relationship with God and the deep intimacy and reconnection with relationship with God and then a relationship with one another. We return to the order and to the roles. Say, we, God, we are dependent on you and we give up our independent stance. God, we are dependent on you. We give up trying to control things that we cannot control. And we yield to and we trust God's control. And then, and then in that we regain control of ourselves, of what we were created to control. We give up the role of playing the judge, both with ourselves and others. We give up judgmentalism, condemnation, wrath, shaming, so that we can experience ourselves and others. We don't need to control other people or make them like us or, or, or be similar to us to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. We can let go and just experience people. We stop redesigning life. We stop making up our own rules. And instead, we live the life God designed us to live. And we embrace, we embrace him and his rules and our own limits. Gosh, this is so countercultural, you guys. I mean, just think all of the ways that, that our society, our age, all of the ways. Say, no, feel it, do it, want it, get it, control it. And we see this deep disintegration. It's not working. And God said, no, because I created you to, to, you can't put diesel fuel in an unleaded tank and be like, I can do whatever I want. And then when it does not run well, it wasn't designed for that. God, you have designed us. We are human. You are the source. You are the authority. You are in control. We come under you in your created ways. We do not tell you what life is. You made life, and we come under it. And in that, we live. So let me read this scripture again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that, that, that saying, I mean, that's communion again. That's us saying, God, we have, we have laid down our life. We have submitted that you are the authority. And, and we receive the gift of Jesus, the gift of forgiveness. We invite you in. 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. What does that mean? Think about that. The new creation. The old is gone. It's sort of like the new creation is the old, old, right? Like, God, you're restoring us to what was meant to be. Wholehearted. Right order. The new is here. And all of this is from God, who reconciled, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We'd be a reconciled people in our neighborhoods and our jobs and our families. And that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Friends, reconciliation is dying to living life on our terms, on, on trying to play the role of God. It is submitting to God's way of life, which is truly life we are created not creator and when the right order the right relationship is restored we begin to experience life as it was meant to be experienced we don't have to be the source of our life we can let go hear this one we can let go of control which will undo so much of our anxiety and fear. We can let go of judgmentalism, judging others and ourself, which is going to undo so much condemnation and shame. You are a new creation. The old operating system is being put to death. Look Look at these three questions again. How was life designed to be lived? God, you are source, you are creator, you are judge, you are the authority. What happened in the fall? We tried to reverse it, and we take a lot of those roles on ourselves. But you are created, not creator. You are human, not God. And what is redemption, and what does it do? It's a recognition and a restating back into that rightful order of what it is to be created by God. And the bigger picture gives us a framework to operate then in the details of our life. When we say, God, you are the source. You're the creator. You control. You're judge. God, you design life and how it is to be lived. And then with the littler problems in our life, when this bigger picture narrative, the bigger story narrative of what it is to be human, what it is to be reconciled. So then when I'm struggling in my marriage, when we are struggling in our marriage, and it says saying, God, I'm struggling in my marriage, Come, please help. It's a good prayer. But maybe this bigger picture says, God, there are so many places in my life where I try to control. I mean, I almost try to manipulate. And the truth is, in my marriage, it's one of them. And I'm calling out to you for help in it, but I, I recognize, God, may I be reconciled? May I return to the rightful place? I, I'm even trying to control my spouse. That's not my role. I'm even losing control of myself. God, let, let me come back 
in you. I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Let me own what is mine, Lord, and not try and be God in my marriage. Lord, I hate my job. Can you just make it better? Take, you know, take out the boss or change the thing or... <laughs> God, you created us for meaningful work. And in that, there's provision for our life. There are some of us that, that if we really sit in it, I suspect God might say, it's time to quit. I've given you certain gifts, and there's things where you come alive, and I've called you to serve humanity using some of these gifts. Trust me. Stop trying to force this thing that you got into that's not really you. Or maybe he'll give you the endurance. God, I'm so anxious about my life. If I'm really honest, I'm just anxious about so many things, and I want you to give me peace. Where's the peace that surpasses understanding? God, the truth is, I don't know if I really believe you are the source of life. I don't really submit to you being the judge. I have a really hard time, God, believing that you're in control. And so I try and take all these roles, and it's exhausting me. And I am so anxious. I let go. Let me be a new creation, that the old has gone and the new has come. I release it. You are God. I am human. You are creator. I am created. I submit and I come under your authority. You still have responsibility, but do you feel the weight that comes off your chest? You stop carrying things you were never created to carry? So where's the lamb for you in your living room? Uh, in, in your reality. What, what, in what ways are you playing God and God saying, no, no, that's my role. You need to come back to your role and what it is to be human. How I created you. Um, I'm, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you a really cool way that this is being played out in the life of our church uh, right, right now. And so, Zach and Drew, come on up here. So you guys, this is Drew's last Sunday as worship pastor at, at Boulder Valley Christian Church. And about six months ago, um, God started to stir in her and say, hey, I, I have something new for you. And she's like, huh-uh. 
And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And through a process of prayer and friends and, and, and many things, Drew says, God, it's not you are God. I am not. You call the shots. I don't. You speak. I obey. And she started to walk down this road. And she started to walk down this road. And so it has been really awesome to see, and it's been really hard. I'm not pointing anyone out, but I, I gave someone a hug in the lobby. I said, hey, how are you doing with being Drew's last Sunday? And this person just started to cry. And I know those tears. We know those tears. The place and the community and the people and the church to which God is calling Drew is Discovery Christian Church in Broomfield, of which Zach is the lead pastor. Zach is, is here with us this morning. He was a Young Life guy, knows Paul and Michelle really well through Young Life. Uh, it was a, part of, was a part of Discovery for a long time. And how long? 18 months? You've been the lead pastor. So, uh, Zach, thank you for being here with us this morning, right? Um, could, could you just share with us, kind of from your perspective, what God's doing in Discovery and, and calling Drew to come and be the worship, worship pastor in, in your congregation? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me here today, you guys. This is so cool um, what we're doing right now. And uh, Discovery has been my family's home church for about the last ten years, and I love our church. I went kicking and screaming, um, and over the course of a couple months, just went, man, this is a group of people who don't just pull into the parking lot and walk inside and do some things and walk inside and go home. We'll see you next Sunday. Like I think, like Boulder Valley, this is a group of people who come together and they care deeply for the local community. They care deeply for the kingdom of heaven across the globe. They're actively involved in what they're doing. I loved it. And so we'd been going to Discovery uh, for about 10 years. And I don't know if you guys say bad words on stage in your church, but this thing called COVID happened. Um, And it rocked us particularly hard. Uh, Discovery had just built a new building a couple years prior. So we were riding this huge wave of all these new people coming. COVID starts, and a couple months in, our lead pastor announces, hey, I'm, I'm going to be transitioning off staff, which the timing is just like, now? Like, pandemic time now? It was about two months after that that our worship arts pastor also said, hey, for, for really good reasons, and for both of them, fantastic reasons, I also am going to be stepping off. And as somebody who loves the church and, and was just a church member, um, it was like, taking shots right to the chest of like, are we going to make it and survive through this time? These are two beloved people. So that was two and a half years ago. And in the midst of that time, went through a new lead pastor transition. They suckered in this new guy to take on that role. And one of the things I inherited was we don't have a worship arts pastor. And in a church world post-COVID, we actually don't know if we can afford one. And it was like, well, how are we going to keep limping through And so one thing I want you to know is for a minimum of two and a half years, folks like me who are just members of Discovery have been praying in earnest, like, God, make a way. And we we need someone so bad. Uh, About a year ago, a little bit more than that, we had the funds and decided we we can move ahead. We need to make this higher and had a laundry list of here's exactly who we're looking for and what this person would need to bring and hit our knees hard and had a first couple waves of interviews and we were just staring at each other with our pockets turned out like this is not it and went through a second wave and a third wave 
And about nine months into that process, met this gal named Drew. And right away, uh, with a couple of the folks on our interview team, they're like, this is it. Um, we continue to pray. I got to meet her. Uh, it was just this fantastic, like, yeah, if, if Drew's in, like, this is, she's, she hits everything on the list and the cherries on top that we were asking God for. And it was this crazy, like, we have needed this so badly. And for our church to be able to take steps forward with where we've been and, and what we've what we've survived. Um, I think we're starting to feel like we're coming into a place where we're standing on our own two feet again, and we're ready to take some steps forward and some things I think that God's going to do what God's going to do. But the fact that Drew Knopfsinger is coming to Discovery for us has been two and a half years of praying so hard for the right person. And um, I want you to know, when I left Young Life staff to take my post at Discovery, it was so hard. Um, and I, I think I know just even the little bits that I knew prior to today, what I've seen this morning, like y'all do family really well here. And I just, I, I know that my young life family is still dear to me. Um, and so to be moved out of one family towards another, I know it's just so hard. And on behalf of a whole bunch of folks at Discovery who right now are starting a second service, um, thank you. Uh, we have prayed for this and we know that it comes at a cost to y'all. And we are so grateful and so excited for what's next for us. <laughs> you first. <laughs> no, you first. How's it been for you, Drew? <sighs> yeah, so um, for me... This whole process has been a really beautiful example, a really beautiful testimony of how God can and is moving and working in his church, mm. friends, his church. And it has been so cool to see, um, as those of us involved have been listening and praying and really leaning in, how he has been able to work and move and position and provide, I mean, in just really radical ways that, that are not common. <laughs> uh, even, I think, sometimes in the church world, things that we just don't see all the time. And, and for me, I don't want to speak for all of you, but for me, it's been super clear even when I didn't want it to be super clear. It's been super clear from the very beginning. And that is a kindness of the Lord. It doesn't always work that way. John and Shelly and I were just talking this past Wednesday about like, it does not always happen this way. Uh, you know, you're, the fruit of your trust and obedience can take years and decades to see. And he has just been so kind and so present. And it has truly, it's increased my faith. It has increased my faith to watch the Lord work the way he's been working. And I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for that. And, and today, I just want to say to you how grateful I am for you and to you. How deeply grateful I am for my time here at Boulder Valley. I am grateful for every relationship and connection for every set list I've planned and rehearsal I've run, for every Sunday morning together and lobby conversations, text conversations, phone conversations, just hearing what God's doing in your life or answering your questions about prayer or if this song is heretical or not. And <laughs> <laughs> Those are your favorites. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, our worship nights and prayer gatherings are hard times too. We've had a number of those in our time together. 
that they've produced endurance. And I'm really grateful for the celebration and the joy that we've had together. We've had just as much of that, if not more. And I'm grateful to be, have been part of a community that is unafraid of real life and tough conversations, authentic relationship with God and one another. It's been a gift to be part of that. And, and now I'm grateful that the Lord is calling. I am really grateful that the Lord is calling. You know, Jesus tells us in John 3 that the people of God are like the Spirit of God and that the Spirit is like the wind that blows. And you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, but you feel it. The Spirit of God is blowing like the wind, and I'm going with him. And I am excited. I am so excited to be part of Discovery and the work that God is doing there. And I love you. And I love you. Boulder Valley has a place deeply seared into my heart forever. Forever. And I love the people of Discovery. And I do not even know them yet. But every time I drive by that daggone building, I feel it. But most of all, guys, I, I love Jesus. He is king of my life. And he gets to say, and it is good. This is good. And I love you. you. You, got, you guys see how this is a model of saying, God, you are the source. You are the authority. We follow you. You are creator. We are created. You, you are the general. We, we, we are the soldiers that follow suit. Drew, thank you for loving God enough to follow him to even hard places and to model that for our church even in your leaving and, and in your sending out. And God is provider and God is provider and God, God's provided. John and Shelly, could you guys just stand up for a minute? who are our interim worship directors and we are so... And we're going to get to know them a lot better in the next few weeks. Man, you talk about the hand of God on someone's life as well. And so the Lord working. Um, ben, come here too, because so much of this, we're like talking Drew, 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 and, and Drew was the one on staff, but come on, Drew and Ben, the way, how long have you guys been a part of our church? Eight years they've been a part of Boulder Valley. They've had how many kids here? One, two, one, two, two of the three of their kids they've had here in this community. So we are, Zach, I love you picked it up. I love that you picked it up. I, we are a church that does family well. And we care for one another. And this is not a show. We're not, we're not doing a show. We're doing life together as we build authentic relationships, right, with God and one another. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to kind of send, we're going to send, we're going to bless Ben and Drew and send them out. And the way we're going to do it, you guys come down here. Um, and our whole church is going to stand up. And we're going to come, and if you feel super weird, you don't have to do this, but we're going to come around here. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to come and lay hands on them. Come out here in the middle, yeah. Get up here, Zach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're kind of all linked up here. And Drew and Ben, we pray that you would feel this. 
this community around you uh, that cares for you, that loves you, that is grateful for you. Hear this from us. We bless you. Just say it, church, say it. We bless you. We bless you. We are grateful for you. Thank you for modeling faith and life. Thank you for doing life with us. We bless your kids, your three beautiful children. And we release you. We release you for God's call in your life that you would go and that you would love discovery well, like you have loved us, that you would lead them in worship, that you would lead them in teaching, that you would support and champion Zach, that you guys could link arms together. Father, that, that your kingdom would move forward. So we bless Ben and June Offsinger. We send them out. We trust you. God, you are the authority. Thank you for the ways that they've pastored and shepherded and been an example to us. God, we love you. We love you. And we bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hmm. Let's, uh, let's stay standing. Let's stay standing. What we're going to do is we're going to respond. Drew, get up here and lead us in worship. I don't know if it'll be a last time because you maybe, you know, you might do a little guest appearance from here and there. Yeah, she's not gone. But a a as, our, uh, as our worship pastor, uh, lead us here. And with John and Shelly and the band. All right? Amen, church. Let's worship.